Okay, so we're going to be thinking tonight, um, well, very loosely about feet. <laughs> okay, so we have a little uh, mentioned feet later on. Okay, but it's been good to be together today um, for Fast Forward and to be together again this evening. And this evening, I want us to have a look at two women um, in the Bible who encountered Jesus by recognizing their need to simply abandon everything, to let go of everything, including their pride including worrying about what other people might have thought of them, about the opinions of others, and just to simply give everything that they have to God. Simply give everything to God. They um, are encounters that we've actually looked at many times before. Um, but this evening, I want to have a look at them afresh again this evening. And just really, I believe God wants to stir something up in us and has something for us this evening in a new way. So, the first encounter this evening is found in the book of Luke, and it's chapter 8, verse 42. So if you've, if you've got your Bible, you can read along. If not, I'm just going to read it this evening. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. And Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And you know, I love, I love this story so much. This is one of my favorite encounters with Jesus in the Bible. It's just a, a little sort of passing story. Jesus was on his way. Crowds were pressing around. I was remembering a time when we, as a family, went to uh, Mont Saint-Michel many years ago, about 20 years ago, and we were in the arch, if you've ever been on the way in. And it was a really busy day, and it was crowds and crowds of people pressing around us, really squashed in. And you would never have known if someone who it was had touched you because there were so many crowds around. And it would have been like this. The disciples are saying, Jesus, there's loads of people around. There's loads of people. And what do you mean someone has touched you? And he said, I know that power has gone from me. It was a special touch. It was a different kind of touch. It wasn't just a pressing against Jesus. And I love this story. And I just want to think about this woman we're told in the Gospels, in the, in the New Testament, she had spent everything that she had. She had spent all of her money going to see doctors. She'd been from doctor to doctor to doctor for 12 long years. No one could help her. But then she heard about this man. She heard about this man called Jesus. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment... That's how much faith she had. She didn't think I need to stop him and get him to pray for me. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I believe I will be healed. Now, because of the issue of bleeding that she had, we know that she would have been considered unclean. She would have been an outcast. 
People wouldn't have like wanted to associate themselves with her. She would have been on the fringes of society. And now I've lived a very sheltered life, really. I think I've lived a very privileged life. Um, I've, I've not really had much experience of feeling like an outcast in my life, if I'm honest. Um, I've lived here and it's, it's been pretty good. But there was one time... There was one time in my life when I was walking down Oxford Street in London on my own, 18 years old, busy, busy Saturday afternoon in London down Oxford Street, and I'm walking down and in the middle of the street, a bird poos on my head, like the biggest poo you've ever seen in your life, right? It went right down my hair, right down the side of my face, right onto my top, okay? Right down. And I was like, great. What do I do? Okay, so I head into what you do is I headed into the nearest McDonald's. Okay, and I um, put my head under the sink and I'm washing my hair and then it's out and I'm putting my hair under the hand dryer trying to dry myself off. And for the first time in my life, people like just took this massive wide circle around me and looked at me as though I was the most filthy, most grim person that they'd ever come across and just took a really wide berth. And I'll never forget it. No one said to me, oh, can I help you? <laughs> Do you need any help? They simply just looked at me and went, that is disgusting. You're gross and kind of took a wide, wide berth. And that's how this lady would have lived her life. You know, like that was a horrible moment for me. But that lady would have lived her entire life like that, feeling like people were taking a wide berth, people who didn't really want to be around her, people looking down on her. She probably felt very isolated. She couldn't go to the temple. She couldn't go where there might be crowds of people. She couldn't go to places where ordinary people went. She probably stayed home most of the time. She was confined to her home. And we had a little taste of that during lockdown. You know how difficult it was when we couldn't see the people that we loved. This lady would have been confined to her home, but she made this decision to bravely venture out. She made this decision that she wanted to see this man called Jesus because she believed he could heal her. He was the one who could heal her. She made this decision and she knew that if she got close enough just to touch the hem of his garment, that she could be healed. And the Bible tells us that there she was with all these crowds and she got close enough and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and instantly, immediately, she was healed. And instead of shaming her in front of the crowd and saying, what do you think you're doing coming close to me? What do you think you should be on? The, you're an outcast. You should be on the edge. You shouldn't have been around here. You didn't ask my permission even. You didn't ask me, please, can you heal me? You just came and you pushed your way through and you touched the hem of my garment. Jesus turned to her and in every account of the gospels, the first word that he said to her was, daughter, daughter. How lovely is that image? He didn't say woman. He didn't even say friend. He said, daughter, such a word of intimacy, of closeness, of that, that beautiful love relationship, that love that he had for this woman. He just said, daughter. 
I love that. I think it's so beautiful that he immediately he shows her in front of this crowd of people who would have been waiting for what Jesus was going to say and watching what he was going to do. Immediately, he accepts her. He accepts her and says that what she has done is a good thing. It's the right thing. And I wonder if Jesus himself could relate to this because so many times he was told off by the religious leaders or authorities for breaking the rules and not following the correct procedures and saying he'd done the wrong thing when actually we know he'd done absolutely the right thing, that he was following what his father was asking him to do. And this was the same with this lady. They probably all looked at her and thought, you've done the wrong thing. You've pushed your way through. You shouldn't have done that. But actually Jesus said, You've done the right thing. Jesus would have related to it. And he recognized that she had reached out in her desperation. That she had reached out in her desperation. And he said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. He placed value on her. Suddenly, someone who had no value had enormous value. Her whole identity had changed. And it was his amazing divine power. It was God's power at work in her life. He valued her with the faith that she had shown. She knew if she just touched that hem of that garment, just one touch from Jesus, and everything can be transformed. Just one touch from Jesus, and everything can be transformed. And he showed the people there that he accepted her. He accepted her, that she wasn't a nobody, that she was a somebody, that she was somebody in society. He viewed her as precious, as a daughter, as his daughter. And I think that this story is just so beautiful and encourages us on so many different levels. The second encounter um, is found in the book of Mark in chapter 14, the second woman that I'd like to look at this evening in Mark, we read about a woman named Mary. And again, we'll know this story really quite well. You know, above everybody else, Mary seemed to have a real understanding about who Jesus was and about why Jesus came, about the mission that he had come to do. Mary was the sister of Martha and of Lazarus. And You know, I want us to really notice this evening, this is why I said, look at our feet. Let's just have a think about Mary. Every time we read about her, where was she? Where was Mary sat? She was sat at the feet of Jesus. She sat at the feet of Jesus. Where did the lady who fought through the crowds, what did she do when Jesus said, who touched me? She fell at the feet of Jesus. Two ladies knew how important it was to sit at the feet of Jesus. And one of the most well-known stories um, about Mary is when Martha welcomes Jesus into their home at Bethany. And again, this is another one of my favorite stories because I just really relate to Martha. You know, when you're going to host Jesus in your house, what are you going to do? You're going to busily tidy up, get ready. You're going to get your house ready, looking great. And uh, she's really frustrated because she's frantically working in the kitchen. But Mary saw the opportunity just to sit at the feet of Jesus. 
She knew this was a special moment and she sat at the feet of Jesus while Martha did all the busying round. And Martha became frustrated and she came in and she thought Jesus was going to say, well done, Martha, you've got the house nice and you've got everything straight. But in fact, he said to Martha that Mary had chosen the right thing. He said, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. She had chosen the right thing to sit at the feet of Jesus. And later, as the, um, Jesus came to the end of his earthly ministry, his time here on earth, Mary did something that was so outstanding and just so significant and so outstanding that it's recorded in the Bible as her kind of moment of memorial to Jesus. It was recorded as her moment for Jesus. And it's in Mark 14, verse 9. She decided to like really take hold and seize this moment. Mary was going to seize this moment. And once again, where do we find Mary? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she comes and offers him a gift, the most precious gift that she could ever have given him, the most precious thing that she ever had probably owned. You know, there's a few things going on at this time. Jesus was causing a few rumbles around with religious leaders, and uh, there was a few things going on, and they probably wanted him dead even at this stage. But the thing is, at this time, when this story was taking place, this was the time of Passover, and there were lots of pilgrims coming through. Um, at this time. And they knew that they were there to celebrate Passover, and they knew that they were following Jesus. And he had quite a following and quite a few admirers at this time. And they knew that if they killed Jesus, there was going to be a riot. It was going to cause an uproar. There was going to be some kind of terrible revolt in the, in the land. So they didn't they, they, they didn't do it here. And this is Mary. She knows what's going to happen. She has an insight into the life of Jesus. And it's just before the days of Passover. And Jesus is in Bethany. And he'd gone to the house of Simon the leper for a meal. And we know that Lazarus is there. We know Mary's there. And we know the disciples are there. And this is what happens. All of a sudden, Mary does something which is so unexpected and so extravagant that they can't believe what she does. It's unusual. She took some special, costly perfume and she broke it and she broke this bottle and she poured it. And the Bible says she poured it over Jesus' head. She didn't just pour a little bit. She poured the bottle over Jesus' head. This perfume or this oil was called spikenard. It's a funny old word. Okay, that's what it's called. And it was most likely to be a family heirloom. It was so valuable. It would have been an extravagant thing for Mary to have done if she had just taken a few sprinkles in her hand and just put a few sprinkles on Jesus. They would have gone, oh my goodness, what an extravagant gift. But she didn't. She took the whole bottle and she broke it and she poured it over Jesus. She poured it over the head of Jesus. It was so significant. She knew who Jesus was that she poured the whole bottle over Jesus. And perhaps one of the reasons I think sometimes that those early Christians 
Those early Christians made such a difference in the world around them. They turned their whole world upside down. Wherever they went, they were always making a difference for Jesus in such a dramatic way that I think it was because they had this sense of abandonment, that they were willing to give their all to Jesus. They didn't hold anything back, but they gave their all. They abandoned all of themselves and gave to Jesus. And this was what Mary was modeling here. It was Jesus himself. It was only Jesus that moved her, just moved her to do this extravagant gift. She abandoned everything. Her idea was that there was nothing that was too good for Jesus. There was nothing that she could give that would be too extravagant for Jesus. She loved him. She wanted to do something special. She is the one who recognized why he had come. Somehow she knew, she knew in her heart that Jesus' death was near. She knew she'd sat at his feet. She had learned from Jesus. She spent time with him. She understood him. She didn't spend as much time with Jesus as his disciples had. They'd spent so much time with Jesus. And yet it was Mary who recognized the importance of Jesus. She knew she had this perception that no one else seemed to have. What did she do? She sat at his feet. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She learned so much from sitting at the feet of Jesus. She saw things that others had missed because she sat at the feet of Jesus. Two stories, two very different women, two different situations. The first woman, an outcast, shunned by those around her, and yet she was driven, driven by a determination to have that encounter with Jesus. I read this beautiful quote as I was preparing for this evening, and it says this about this lady who touched the the garment. One personal affirmation in this biblical story is that beyond even physical healing, acceptance, intimacy, and touch can make us whole and can give us peace. We are in fact shaped and made human in relationship to other persons. Our relationships in the church, in friendships, and in marriage are not just something extra added onto life for distraction and entertainment, as if we would be complete human beings in individual isolation. Relationship, touch, if you will, makes us human and whole. So much more than the physical healing, she received wholeness through that physical touch. And this evening, just like that first lady who pushed through the crowds, who went through the crowds to encounter Jesus, I would love you just to leave here this evening with one simple truth. You are loved and you are known by God. You are loved and known by God. Hopefully, if you were here this morning, you might receive a chocolate bar that says you are loved. If you weren't here this morning, take one from the back. I'd love you to have one this evening, just so you have that truth in your heart tonight. You are loved and you are known by God. Healing doesn't always look exactly like we're hoping for. Healing doesn't always look exactly like we're hoping for. Sometimes healing looks like acceptance. 
belonging and connection and peace with one another. Sometimes that's healing. Sometimes healing looks like letting fear go, not letting fear have a hold of our lives. Love might look like a touch from a friend or a loved one when we feel those moments of shame, when we're deeply ashamed of our actions, when we feel hopeless, when we're in pain. Just love shown by somebody else. It's those moments that remind us that we are loved and that we're children of God. God says to each one of us, my son, my daughter, my son, my daughter, you are loved. Secondly, Mary, she, like the first lady, was not afraid of what people would say around her. She took this expensive gift, despite knowing that she would probably be criticized and shot down, just like the lady who had to push through the crowds. Mary was willing to do this, despite knowing people would say that was too extravagant. Both women recognized Jesus, and both women recognized the importance of sitting at his feet. I heard about a statue of Jesus that was created by Thors Walden, who's a Danish sculptor. And uh, Walden sculpted the body of Jesus in such a way that his face could not be seen from a standing position. And there was this little sign next to the statue, and it read this. If you want to see the face of Jesus, sit at his feet. If you want to see the face of Jesus, sit at his feet. And sure enough, by sitting at the foot of this statue, you could look up and see. Only then could you see the face of Jesus. These two ladies knew that truth. If we want to see the face of Jesus, if we want to hear the voice of God, we need to learn to sit at his feet and learn from him. 